This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Morning Majlis podcast. It's the Morning Majlis. It's the Morning Majlis, and if you fancy doing something different this weekend, uh, something a bit more uh, that blends cultures, under, uh, lots of cultural understanding, lots of ideas being discussed, then uh, you've got to go over to the country-focused conference. It is called uh, the uh, Colourful Threads. It is the interwoven worlds of art and culture in the Western Indian Ocean taking place at the Africa Institute and to talk to us in great detail about this event and how the public can take part in it. We're very kindly uh, joined by John Thabiti Willis, who is the Associate Professor of African History at the Africa Institute. A very good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you uh, on uh, on air with us. Now, a great event for the public to take part in. Uh, Colourful Threads Interwoven World of Art and Culture. Um, thinking the Archipelago. Uh, talking to us about this event, uh, why is it organised and, and what's the big purpose? So this is the third of a four-part series, a uh, country-focused season of events taking place at the Africa Institute. Uh, so the Africa Institute is an interdisciplinary research institute focused on study, research, and documentation of Africa's rich peoples, histories, culture, and interconnectedness with the world. As part of that work, the, the Institute has focused on exploring different countries mm. as a point of connection, as a way of engaging uh, communities and understanding uh, the rich history uh, and interconnectedness. Previously, there was a global Ghana, there was one on Ethiopia, and then this, in essence, two-year uh, focuses on uh, Africa's Indian Ocean ar- uh, archipelago, Indian Ocean islands. Mm. And so he, this particular conference is one of, a, of four. Others have focused on reimagining mobilities, movement, rethinking boundaries and borders, um, slavery, the legacy of race and slavery in the Indian Ocean region, this on art and culture, um, and given the importance of art uh, here in Sharjah, uh, the way in which art has, uh, is robustly supported uh, and engaged, it's only fitting that the Institute would engage mm-hmm. uh, this important uh, dimension. Uh, and as an avenue through which to, to bring and to connect with the community, right? Mm-hmm. That art is something that is so accessible uh, and offers opportunity for reflection uh, with communities. Uh, in particular, in terms of art, you're going to see photographic representations, you're going to see cinematic representations, you're going to look at architecture and the ways in which various communities uh, and commodities have been part of uh, the development of architecture here uh, within Sharjah. Uh, so it provides a wonderful opportunity uh, for people with a range of interests mm-hmm. uh, to be able to come together. Uh, the Africa Institute sees itself as, uh, as deeply uh, invested in connecting with the community. So anyone uh, can come uh, to Africa Hall uh, and to the Africa Institute uh, at the Khalil Muhammad School uh, where these activities are, are taking place over the next few days. I think it's only rightly so when we're talking about art and culture that Sharjah is involved because we know how heavily of an importance they put on those two as well. I'd love to know from you and the Africa Institute, how has the level of support been from the Emirate of Sharjah in supporting the Africa Institute? Well, it's been tremendous, right? And you can see that in terms of both the involvement of faculty from the Africa Institute, for instance, in the Sharjah uh, Biennial. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the March meetings, etc. But you also see that in terms of the ways in which those venues 
provide opportunity to connect with uh, folks at the Africa Institute as well. And so you can see that in terms of the way in which art and culture is such a part of the programming that takes place at the Institute uh, as and well. In terms of the timings and, and you know, what, what do the public need to know before going over to, to this event and what, what should they expect uh, to, to experience? So the events start about 10 o'clock. Okay. Uh, they go till 4 o'clock. Oftentimes there is evening um, uh, or a late afternoon or early evening uh, film uh, exhibition uh, that you also see. Uh, individuals can also access via online, following the YouTube channel, following the website, uh, africainstitute.org, uh, and register for access uh, as well. Uh, so there's a number of opportunities for people to, um, who may have limited time, mm-hmm. right, uh, to be able to come and partake uh, and engage uh, in what's happening at the Institute. And to any listener out there who has, hasn't heard of the African Institute here in Sharjah, what is their vision? I know that you were saying about teaching and education, mm-hmm. and you have a diverse faculty that really yes. focuses on teaching language, I believe. Yes. What is the vision of the Africa Institute here in Sharjah? Thank you so much. Great question. So engaging the community, language is a key uh, part of that in terms of the teaching of African languages and seeing Arabic as part of that Mm -hmm. uh, because people often report that there aren't that many opportunities even to be able to get instruction in Arabic, right? So this provides a wonderful opportunity uh, to to engage uh, in Arabic as well. Uh, Documentation, so documenting uh, the institute publishes research publishes uh, important work uh, related to the study of Africa. It also sees itself as a place of for people to come and study. Mm-hmm. So masters and PhD training is something that the Institute uh, uh, will be offering very soon and people should stay tuned and follow the website for uh, announcements that will be happening just this spring uh, about those endeavors. So we're eager to engage people uh, on a number of levels, those who are interested in more sustained study and engagement, those who are looking for resources that they can turn to, to read about, uh, to engage visually, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the richness of Africa's, uh, of Africa and its connectedness even here uh, in Sharjah. Um, so th- that's part of that larger vision of research, of study, of documenting uh, of Africa. It's exciting, isn't it? It's yeah. now to, to look forward to some more um, options to, to, to pursue uh, the higher education and, um, and, and at the Institute as well. Um, now, in terms of your publications, uh, we do know that there is the Monsoon Journal. There's a big focus on the, uh, the Indian Ocean Rim. Can you talk to us about uh, the significance of the, the Indian Ocean Islands that you've got in Africa? And, uh, and, and what was the, 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 the journal uh, looking to address? So this is a, a journal that is going to be a leading journal in the field of Indian Ocean Studies. <clears throat> Published by Duke University Press, which is a leading press uh, in, in, in the realm of academia. The journal Monsoon provides an opportunity to be able to explore the connectedness of Africa to the Indian Ocean, mm-hmm. historically and in the contemporary moment, and the importance of the Indian Ocean in larger world history culture and connectedness. Um, oftentimes, in the, particularly in, the, in, in, in terms of academia and in some ways in reflection of the kind of dominance of, of the West, there's so much focus on the Atlantic world. Mm-hmm. And what this journal does is it, it, 
it reminds us, <laughs> right, mm -hmm. of the long-standing importance of the Indian Ocean uh, as a, as the center of globalization, right, as a place where globalization preceded the involvement of the Atlantic uh, in such endeavors, right, where people, uh, where there's such a rich movement of people across with the monsoon winds historically uh, from Africa to the Gulf, to India, to much further east. Um, Do you, you, when you elaborate on that and, and uh, what stands out to me is it's a bit of an untold story uh, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a vast story. Just from, from reading here, you're looking to uh, talk about how it stretches from the East, Afri East African coasts of Kenya, Mozambique, mm -hmm. all the way uh, uh, to other parts of Africa as well, with many countries to name. That's such a vast topic. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that this is a story that hasn't been told yet and you guys feel the need or, or, or it, the, that it should just really be told to the public? Yes, in terms of to the public, yes, this is an important story that hasn't gotten the attention uh, that, that is so important for the public to know about, to engage. And particularly as we think about the, uh, the ways in which in the past 50 years, mm. this region right, has, um, has been of such global importance to trade, uh, uh, to politics, yeah. right, uh, to religion, you know, going back, you know, millennium. So it's so important to recognize the richness of peoples, of interactions here and coexistence of mm -hmm. peoples here, even in the context of Charger, right? You have so many peoples who've been interacting uh, and have been part of a community um, that needs much more attention instead of so much focus on individual kind of ethnic or national enclaves. That blinds us in a way that kind of distorts our understanding of, of just how much people are products of multiple languages, of multiple cultures, oftentimes within their own families or interconnected in their extended family networks. So the work that happens at the Institute, the work of calling attention to the richness of the interconnectedness of peoples and cultures through the Indian Ocean Islands of Africa is such an important opportunity then uh, that we can highlight, emphasize, echo, uh, amplify uh, such understanding uh, and engage the public that already, many of whom's lives are, are the products of such. And so in, in many ways, it's intuitive for the, pu for the public here in Sharjah to, uh, to engage and reflect upon such topics. Amazing. Now, uh, you know, people listening to us today will be thinking, do you know what? I, when you talk about African studies, you, you think of SOAS, for example, in London. Mm -hmm. How about I consider Africa Institute and, and get a course uh, signed up there? Uh, so in terms of the accreditation, if you can just elaborate a little bit more about, you know, what kind of uh, courses they can uh, apply for? Does it have to do you have to be of, of a particular background to even sign up for these courses? And you've also got language courses on offer, which is quite interesting. Yes. So one, there are language courses, right, which have, have already been uh, in the works and um, anyone, of course, can come and, and register for a language course, right. In terms of applying for a master's and PhD, people from a range of backgrounds, economics, political science, uh, humanities and social science backgrounds uh, can take. Let me say something about even my own journey. My first degree is accounting. Wow. <laughs> I had a job offer on Wall Street. Right? Wow. With J.P. Morgan back in 98, right? Wow. 
And I decided that I wanted something more of my life, my trajectory, my education. And I ended up going to Cornell, which is where I first met Dr. Salah Hassan. Mm. And now fast forward, here we are, you know, several decades later, right? And I'm excited to be part of, uh, of an opportunity for people who are interested in engaging Africa, to have an opportunity from various backgrounds, maybe like my own, maybe very different backgrounds, to come and to study and learn about the richness uh, and to help shape even the way in which conversations about Africa take place. You know, part of what's happening here is an opportunity to think about what does it mean to study Africa as we sit here in Sharjah, as we're here in the UAE, as we're here in the Gulf looking out. Right. And seeing the movement of peoples. Right. The way in which African cultures, languages, music, arts have been influential here. Mm. Right. Have been part of that movement of uh, 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 through the monsoons uh, historically mm-hmm. uh, here connecting to uh, to Africa and even to India, mm. uh, etc. So, uh, again, there's just such a rich opportunity for anyone interested in the study of Africa. Right. To be able to bring their own interests, their own questions, their own curiosities, uh, to be part of the conversation. Mm. I, I think it's an opportunity for education uh, at the sole purpose of it, really. And especially one of them being the full panel discussions that mm-hmm. are on place with mm-hmm. or going to be hosted by scholars who are coming from across the globe. Mm-hmm. I'd love to ask you personally, which mm-hmm. panel discussion are you most excited about? Gosh, that's a difficult mm. question. Right. Because. Um, uh, some of my scholarship engages gender, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm very interested in some of the conversations about gender that are happening in the first two panels uh, uh, of the event. Uh, there's a panel that's going to engage uh, the importance of women in Omani Swahili uh, 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 and its influence here within mm-hmm. the Gulf, right? Which I, I'm particularly excited about, right? Uh, there's panels that are focusing on, again, film, Uh, and photography, right? And one of my interests has been documentary filmmaking, right? I'm interested in uh, in doing a documentary on African involvement in the history and memory of pearling here in the Gulf. Which is a huge topic as well, yeah. (laughs) Right, and so, you know, so thinking about, you know, how people engage in the work of filmmaking, uh, documentary filmmaking, right, is something that interests me as well, right? Wow. So I think, you know, those are two topics that are particular, I'm particularly passionate about. So but I la- think this, go ahead. Yeah. So lastly, if you if you were to um, let people know about how to sign up, even mm-hmm. virtually, if they were to join the conference, because it does sound very interesting. And sadly, some people might be traveling, might be doing something over the weekend, but want to stay in touch. Uh, what's the process um, and, and, and how can they uh, even attend in person? So one, they can go to the website, okay. theafricainstitute.org, right? They can sign up. You know, there's a link right there for a country focused season conference mm-hmm. and sign up right there. Right. Uh, just enter their email address and their name. Right. And they'll get a link uh, and be able to uh, to to view virtually what's happening. Right. And mm-hmm. be a part of the uh, event that way. Of course, they can come right on down. They can look at the conference program that's available there on the website and then decide, you know, how they want to allocate their time in terms of coming down to the Institute uh, and, and participating in person. Right. So uh, there are two you know, ways of which people can really engage. And, and discussing the future uh, in terms of programs and initiatives mm-hmm. that are linked to the country focused season. Can you give us a little bit of an insight into what the future holds? Yes. So next summer, we're going to be traveling to Mauritius. Ooh. <laughs> right. And looking at ecology. 
uh, as well. So again, uh, it's been exciting to be part of such a country fo- focused season that involves engaging directly people here in Sharjah with an opportunity for scholars from around the world to come here, but also to travel to places on the continent like Zanzibar last summer and like Mauritius next summer uh, to be able to participate as well. Wow. Well, thank you so much, John Willis, the Associate Professor of African History at the Africa Institute, discussing the colorful threads that is kicking off tomorrow and running all the way up until the 16th. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. Thank you so much. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 7 a.m.